Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 2, Episode 225 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you for joining back with us as we continue with our week of Come Follow Me study this week, covering August the 10th to August the 16th, uh, which is covering Alma 53 to 63. Uh, and of course, uh, we begun yesterday looking at the the, the sons of uh, well, the sons of the people of Ammon, uh, or the anti-Nephi-Lehites. And um, what I'm going to do uh, for today is actually jump ahead a little bit uh, from Alma 53 now, and we're going to look mainly in Alma 54 and 55, and then we will get stuck into the end of Alma 53 and also the Alma, start of Alma 56, and I'll explain why in a minute. Um, so as the, the time continues, um, it seems that... Um, he, um, Captain Moroni is willing to part and to exchange uh, prisoners with uh, Amaron, uh, who, of course, is now the leader of the Nephite, ar- uh, the sorry, the Lamanite armies. Um, and so Captain Moroni sends a very forthright uh, letter requesting that they do this uh, because it will be advantageous. But basically what Captain Moroni is saying is that, you know, we end this conflict now uh, and Amaron replies. Now, there are some very interesting and very ironic things uh, that Amaron says in his response. Um, he says uh, in verse 16 of uh, chapter 54, I am Amaron, the king of the Lamanites. I am the brother of Amalekiah, whom ye have murdered. Behold, I will avenge his blood upon you. Yea, I will come upon you with my armies, for I fear not your threatenings. For, your, for behold, your fathers did wrong their brethren, insomuch that they did rob them of their right to the government when it rightly belonged to them. Now, what we have to remember here is that Amaron uh, is not, in fact, a Lamanite. He is uh, a descendant of Zoram, something which he says later in verse 23. He says, I am Amaron and a descendant of Zoram, whom your fathers pressed and brought out of Jerusalem. So clearly, um, Amaron has some issues and Amalekiah maybe had some issues, although I just think he wanted to get power for himself. And I think, to be honest, Amaron is of the same mind. He wants to get power for himself. But he's um, indoctrinated these Lamanites into saying and into thinking that, you know, their fathers, it's the same old story, their fathers wronged your fathers uh, and my father. And whilst my father was not one of your, you know, your bloodline, my father was also wronged by, by their fathers by being forced to uh, to go into the wilderness from Jerusalem. And it's fascinating to think that, you know, well, with the stories that we read right at the start of First Nephi, chapters 4 and so on, how they are having repercussions centuries later um, and how Amaron is just basically having a grudge from something that's happened from so long ago. And because of this, there's this great warfare happening. And I think that, well, at least that's the reason he gives for this warfare happening. And I just find it fascinating. And you know, obviously, you know, we can look at this and go, how silly is Amaron for using that as an excuse to be in, in warfare against the Nephites? But, you know, do we not sometimes do this ourselves? Do we not sometimes look back over something that happened maybe years, maybe months, maybe even just weeks ago? Something which we can move on from now. Uh, and yet sometimes we we look back at it and we use it as a fuel for our dislike of something or someone. Uh, and it's just something which we, sh- we should just try and avoid to be, you know, not be like Amaron. Uh, in Alma 55, uh, Captain Oni is not happy with this, and so he makes a, a strategy to get his prisoners out. And in verse 4, something interesting happens, which backs something up we've talked about before in the Book of Mormon. In verse 4, uh, it says, And now it came to pass that when Moroni had said these words, he caused that a search to be made among his men, that perhaps he might find a man who was a descendant of Laman among them. Um, 
Now, I find this really interesting, um, that he wants to find basically a, a Lamanite or a person of Lamanite descent uh, in his men. Uh, and in verse 5 it says, And it came to pass that they found one whose name was Laman, and he was one of the servants of the king who was murdered by Amalekiah. So basically, uh, he finds a person who's, who's a descendant of Laman, um, who was one of the servants of the king before Amalekiah, who was slain. He's obviously managed to escape to the, uh, to the Nephite uh, population at some point. But what I found interesting is that, you know, we might at first glance think, and with, our, with some outdated uh, views and assumptions on this, be presuming that this may be because of the, the tone of his skin. For, you know, we, originally it was believed that, or it was discussed in some time in the, in the history of the church, that the curse of the Lamanites was that they had darker, darker skin. Uh, but when you actually look at this example, it makes you realise just how basically how wrong that probably is. Uh, because, yes, sure, maybe he's looking for a man of Lamanite descent to be able to send to the Lamanites with this wine, which he does send. But something important is missed uh, in thinking on that train of thought when we go to verse 6. Now Moroni caused that Laman and a small number of his men should go forth unto the guards who were over the Nephites, meaning the guards of the Lamanites, or the, you know, the guards who were Lamanites. Why would he find someone of Lamanite descent if it was the reason that his skin was of a darker colour and therefore he would be more, you know, less cons would be less conspicuous amongst the Lamanites? Why would he do that if he would then send some of his men to go along with him as well? So clearly that isn't the reason why. And I pre and there's a quote uh, by Brant Gardner about this actually uh, that I want to share, uh, who said similar things. He said, quote, the interesting point is that Moroni needed a Lamanite. What could a Lamanite do that a non-Lamanite could not? For most readers, conditioned by years of assumptions, the assumption is that he is darker-skinned while the Nephites were, quote, white. However, this reason is unlikely, given the actual working out of the plan. First, Laman is not sent alone. Moroni has selected other men to go with him. Moroni had, Moroni had searched for a Lamanite and found one. His companions were, therefore, not Lamanites. However, they approached with the one true Lamanite, According to the record, Laman does all the talking and the guards immediately accept his announcement that he is a Lamanite, close quote. So I would suggest and I would think that this is actually not to do with skin tone and that this, this curse does not relate to, to, to the colour of skin. And in fact, this verse gives evidence to the fact that it probably isn't anything to do with colour of skin. If anything, it's to do with the fact that Laman, uh, this Lamanite who was one of the Nephite, or one of part of the Nephite army, he was probably more aware of the customs, traditions, and language and interactions between you know, the hap that that takes place between Lamanites. He was more used to the culture, and so that's why he does all the talking because he knows how they would approach each other, uh, and that's why they don't question them. Um, and I just I just found that to be a really interesting, a very small interaction which we could easily miss, but something which does you know give a, a lot of um, help for our understanding of of this book. Of course, then they give the wine. And um, they they take the wine and they drink and they are, you know, they're basically knocked out. The Nephites could have slain them, but they didn't. In verse 18, it says, but they, but they awaken. But, ha but had they awakened the Lamanites, behold, they were drunken and the Nephites could have slain them. And the important thing is uh, that, you know, they could have, but they didn't. Uh, and this, again, gives evidence to the fact of Captain Rowanai's lack of bloodthirst, that he didn't want to kill where he could, where he, where he was able not to. Hugh Nibley said, quote, Moroni was a youthful military genius with great dash and imagination, but above all of great human humanity and empathy with his fellows. In one revealing situation, Moroni refuses to take advantage of a dis disabled enemy. 
he would not take advantage of those disgusting people who had done all manner of wicked things, close quote. So no matter what they had done, the Lamanites had done to his people, he didn't want to, um, to, to engage in that. Right, let's move on then. So that was just a bit of context of something that happened, which I thought was important to pick out. Let's go back to the, um, the sons of Helaman. Now, uh, we're going to go back to Alma 53, verse 20 to begin with and read this. It says, And they were all young men, and they were exceedingly valiant and, and for courage, and also for strength and activity. And behold, this was not all. They were men who were true at all times in whatsoever thing they were interested. I wanted to read that first of all, because that is a great uh, testament to be said of you, isn't it? Um, Elaine S. Dalton gave a great insight about the impact that people have had in the generations before. Quote, in the Book of Mormon, Abish was converted by her father, sharing with her his remarkable vision. For many years thereafter, she kept her testimony in her heart and lived righteously in a very wicked um, society. Then the time came when she could be no longer still, and she ran from house to house to share her testimony and the miracles she had witnessed in the king's court. The power of Abish's conversion and testimony was instrumental in changing an entire society. The people who heard her testimony testify became a people who were converted unto the Lord and never did fall away, and their sons became the stripling warriors. Close quote. So let's not forget the, the, the impact that people like Abish had on these sons of Helaman as well. They will have known about, or at least their parents will have known about her testimony and will have converted many. Uh, and now we have this great group uh, that has come from that, which is, again, a wonderful testimony. We often talk about Abinadi who perhaps, you know, testi testified and didn't know of the impact that he made. And I think that Abish uh, is another one of those people that we can remember uh, who shared this testimony, maybe didn't quite realise the impact of her testimony on countless generations afterwards as well, um, which is something to, to think about. So I think what we'll do is tomorrow uh, we'll dive into Helaman's letter to Captain Moroni about the sons of Helaman, what their story, oh, what happened in their story, and just wonderful lessons we can learn from them and also the people who had an impact on them as well. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. Please uh, follow uh, the podcast. You can join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. Uh, if you'd like to join in with the discussion and share your thoughts on what we've been studying this week, that'd be fantastic. Also, you can email session at gmail.com if you'd like to join in a future podcast episode. I'd love to hear from anyone who is listening uh, to, to hear your feedback. And thank you uh, for sharing and reviewing the podcast as well. Until we meet again.